Today on RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania, we speak with 7th District Representative and City Council President Cynthia Newbill. She offers her thoughts on the recent civil unrest in Richmond and what council plans on doing policy-wise to begin healing and the journey towards an equitable future. We also revisit our 16th episode two years ago. It's our interview with Princess Blanding, the sister of Marcus David Peters, and coverage of the protests that followed Marcus's death at the hands of RPD officer Nayantaki. The words you hear from then could just as easily have been said yesterday. Thank you for listening to all 100 episodes of RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania on WRIRLP 97.3 FM Richmond Independent Radio. We look forward to 1,000 more shows where we learn and grow together with you on our paths to local government and community enlightenment. Wear a mask, wash your hands, stay safe, stay six feet away, and stay informed. Hey y'all, uh, it is Melissa and Francesca, and we are actually sitting back in the WRIR studios right now. Oh my gosh. And it feels really surreal, like it feels like we haven't been here in a year. We haven't. It's been a long time. Yeah, it has, but um, yeah, I'm really stoked to have a nice clean uh, piece of audio to deal with later. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. It's been, we've been through a lot. This is a very, very, very special episode of... uh, Treat. Treat episode of Municipal Mania. Mania, 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 mania. Girl, have you been feeling the mania? Hell yeah. We have somebody here with us today that we think is important to hear from. Mm -hmm. And we'd like her to introduce herself. Hello. My name is Cynthia Newbill, and I have the honor and pleasure of... First, representing the 7th District and the East East End, and uh, also serving as president of the Richmond City Council. Yes. Welcome, Dr. Thank you. Thank, Thank you so much. Yeah. You can tell us a little bit about sure. why you're here today. Sure. I think I, like everybody else, um, I can't tell you how heavy a heart mm-hmm. I have, how much pain I feel. Mm. Um, I think about Sunday when I was down at the 17th Street Market where the protest was, and I saw this five, six-year-old young person holding a sign saying, Mm. I matter. Mm. And just then reflecting on the event, the reason folks were there, the horrific murder. Another one. Exactly. The most recent, yes, horrific murder of George Floyd. I'm just... um, so it's been tough. It's been tough. But what I um, was clear about while I was present is that we had protesters there who wanted to have their voices heard. Well, first, pain and anger was present, wanting to make sure their voices were heard, and beyond that, wanting to make sure that there is some call to action. And that was critical as well, all of those components. And so I heard them, I felt and shared in the pain, and it is critical that we, as local government, city of Richmond, also undertake some strategies and some legislation to address 
um, many of the concerns we heard. And so just wanted to talk a bit about those. I mean, this is, again, this is a hard moment because also the very first memorial service is underway in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. And um, I was saying earlier, I I just, this is just the first of about three or four that will Mm -hmm. um, happen uh, in honor and celebration. I so, like I said, inhumanely and horrifically taken. But the uh, opportunity now is to make sure it's not in vain. Yeah. And so for the city of Richmond and some of what I will share, you've heard there are some things that are currently underway. There is an external review that's being asked for with the Commonwealth attorney, and that will proceed. I am also looking to ask for an internal review and uh, report and indication of actions taken relative to the officers and the tear gassing situation, um, in addition to that external report that's uh, underway. I am um, awaiting, and I'm, you know, that legislation is processed, and I'm expecting it uh, in fairly short order, legislation that will come before council to establish a citizen review board. And for me, I think the development and implementation of a board based on best practices will be critical, but it also needs to involve and engage all of the partners, so RPD, community, family, and other members, but looking at best practices. So I'm looking forward to receiving uh, that paper coming forward and supporting that effort. Similarly, I'm looking forward to uh, the receipt of an initiation of legislation to establish an alert. I'm very much uh, supportive of a City of Richmond regional and regional Marcus Peters alert Mm -hmm. and the development and implementation of it in a way that engages the partners, RPD, RBHA, the family, the community, our regional partners. You can stand, I can stand in my district and the county at the same time. And so the limitation for me in terms of just city is too constraining. So I'm interested in a city slash regional Marcus Peters alert. Absolutely. That legislation to come forward to us. Moving on, these are um, what I consider to be more immediate or short-term kind of components. They will take a while to implement. I'm not suggesting that, but they're more immediate strategies. Similarly, as you've heard, um, a paper uh, and in um, December of 2019, I was one of the members who signed the legislation that went to the General Assembly asking for permission for locality, in our case, for us mm-hmm. to have control over the uh, statues that are in our city. And so, as you've heard, a paper will come forward uh, that would be effective July 1. So I wait that and look forward to um, um, entertaining uh, removal, but also a strategy for appropriate placement at the same time. More long-term for me, um, we're really needing to undertake an equity study. And uh, in February, um, Ellen Robertson, myself, and the mayor co-patroned a paper to undertake an equity study um, that would include a study as well as uh, training. For me, it's going to be critical long-term to talk about an equity agenda for our city that addresses health equity, racial equity, 
allows us to look at structural racism and then began to look at how we eliminate those inequities and how we talk about social justice and the reflection of that as we review our policies, as we establish legislation, as we look at programs, as we talk about priorities, and as we talk about funding. A vehicle for having the hard conversations. Absolutely. It, and it's, it will need to be inclusive, that a study in that conversation, but it must occur. That is the long-term strategy for us. And there has been some headway in terms of uh, the equity training component um, and some dollars um, from philanthropic entities that will uh, support that. But I'll be looking, um, let me say, um, relentlessly for the funding to undertake the full study because we must have an equity agenda for our city. Mm -hmm. It is no longer... It, it, no longer acceptable. What we see um, and what we've seen, COVID, for example, the implications of it in terms of the disproportionate mortality among African Americans, it has touched everybody, mm -hmm. but disproportionately among African Americans. What's at the root of that is the social determinants of health, health disparities mm -hmm. that have been evidenced over history in our country, in our community, in order to begin to unearth and address that kind of uh, disparity, we're going to have to dig in and talk about an equity study mm -hmm. and an equity agenda that looks at that, that talks about this public health crisis. This is a public health crisis. Mm -hmm. We're in the middle of one now. Right. Yep. Exactly. Number two, that's we're we're still a in pandemic. It. Uh, exactly. And, and, and I am, you know, I just encourage everyone who's, you know, uh, whether protesters, individuals in our community, take the measures that have been uh, given as guidance for safeguarding our individual health, but the health and well-being of our community. It makes a difference. And um, I am looking forward to um, our collective work together. We talk about uh, the tagline, RVA strong. We are if it is together. And that's what this will take. So there are short-term, uh, more immediate measures. There are longer-term uh, measures. Um, but the development of the equity agenda that allows us to really look at structural racism, social injustice, you know, racial equity, health equity, all of those components, and then really talk about legislation, policy, funding, priorities will be critical ongoing. And um, look forward to engaging with our, with our community in an inclusive, authentically engaging. And that really is what's most important right, right now. That's what everybody's crying out for is uh, inclusiveness in their government. Exactly. You know. And um, one of the things I did uh, get the, actually I was standing with the mother of one of the coordinators for the protest at um, the market on Sunday, and so I was able to get her contact information, and so we'll follow up. But there are many, uh, many, we have many. You know, that's, while there was pain, there was great pride in our younger generation yes. of leaders yes. at the same time. Yes. And so I'm looking to work um, and eagerly looking to work with them to 
change what we see. I want that six-year-old to know through our actions, through our commitment, yes, we heard the voice, we felt the pain, and we feel it. And we're going to continue for a while. Mm -hmm. We heard the voices, and we're moving to action. And yes, you matter. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I have a question, and it it probably is a little more long-term than short-term, but um, the review board that's been brought up, um, there's been concerns about the way it's been proposed that police chief would be picking people uh, to be on it. How can that be a fully independent citizen review board if the police are that closely involved in it? So, and what I indicated before is that I'm very interested in supporting a citizen review board that is developed by the entire partnership team. So police, uh, community looking at best practices from around the country. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the best practice is, but I do know that that would be a um, helpful entity, more than helpful. That would be an important entity in terms of transparency and accountability uh, with our community. They they should probably be in the room, but they should not be choosing who's on the board. Well, but that's why I'm saying, too, I'm not... What I'm interested in is developing and implementing a, a citizen review board mm-hmm. that has the involvement, engagement of all of those partners. That's inclusive. Being inclusive. Yeah. Yes. And looking at best practice. Yeah. Um, yeah. From around the country. So I'm not, you know, wet to a particular element or component as much as I am wet to getting to the table, working collaboratively to develop that kind of board that we can all say, yes, Mm -hmm. that works. Yes, it answers the questions in terms of accountability, uh, transparency, et cetera. Yeah. So clearly that's, yeah. And so the people are welcome to offer suggestions. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So nothing is set in stone. Well, for me, nothing is. Now, there may be, again, um, I know there have been some discussions and work on this. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I am interested in making sure that we're going to have a citizen review board. And it's it, done right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it will have included voices from all of the partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same thing with the alert. I mean, yes, Richmond, but it needs to be regional. And it right. needs to include the partners uh, at the table. The family members, again, I, I, the RPD, RBHA, uh, regional part, so that if we're going to do it, let's make sure this is best practice and it works mm-hmm. for our community and meets the need that was identified mm-hmm. by the, you know, suggestion of the very strategy. Absolutely. And everything looked at through an equity lens. Ex- oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so if there's training needed there will for be law training. enforcement and everyone, yes. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. I know. <sighs> it was. Thank you. There's just so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. There's so much going on right yeah. now, and I think people need to hear from you. Yeah, and I, I think that's another important thing I want to, you know, say. People are <laughs> really, really quick to judge and jump and say, oh, my gosh, you know, you know, we've heard from so-and-so, we haven't heard from so-and-so, or this and that is going on. And it's like I think people need to understand as well as – black leaders in this city it's a lot of pressure right now on top of being an elected official right now you know 
you you know when you put yourself in the spotlight and you make all these statements people will make statements and you have some people that are out here you know making statements on radio shows and on you know on tv and they want to be you know heard and some of those statements are strange right but it's (laughs) people need to understand that this is a very traumatic painful hurtful i mean this whole process as we've been watching it play out whether you were sitting in your living room watching it on television whether you were lacing up your tennis shoes walking down broad street whether you were passing out water on the corner as protesters walk past you whether you were boarding up your business from vandalism or you know whatever the case may be or going down to provide you know auxiliary services at the jails or whatever the case may be this has been a ptsd (laughs) inducing process for black and brown people this week and that's on layered on top of a pandemic thank you where you have disproportionate Impacts on black people anyway. And so many of us, um, for example, trying to address that. All of that. In our community. So I'm not, I'm not particular, did I get a picture? But I am interested, did I get supplies when the fire department Mm -hmm. worked with the state and got us 600 units of PPEs? Did I get them to the most vulnerable? Mm -hmm. And so each of the six senior facilities in my community, I was able to go and Mm -hmm. get them there. Mm -hmm. And then next, working the most next to our public housing Mm -hmm. communities. And then um, broadly, Mm -hmm. um, did our businesses, as we're trying to Mm -hmm. reopen, so we're up at Arthur Ashe trying to make sure that their PPE, you know, Passing out packages, So for me, it's, let's get the work done. Yeah. Because our community needs it and is depending upon us. And so, okay, maybe I don't always get the picture in. But but Lord forbid you have a personal issue too. Lord forbid. Yeah. You know, and people don't understand that. Oh, and yeah, so well, it's it's hard. It's hard. And I think that more than anything, it's extremely traumatic. And it's been a long, long week for a lot of people in the it city. Is. It is. It has been. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, is feeling invoking for many of us is that when we have so many people running around making statements, whatever they may be, when you take the time to make a statement, make sure that it's valuable to the people in your constituents that are listening because they're listening and they are hungry for a message of hope and hungry for a and message of... wanting to know how, how are, yes, where are you in this yes, and what can we yeah. look towards given... Against this backdrop of yes. COVID-19, yeah. against this incredible, horrific yeah. occurrence that we see, yeah. what, what the murder we, of this gen- yeah, what do where we do? are you, how, yeah. how can we... And we're also full of helpers in this town, exactly. so people want to know how they can help, Ex- what they exactly. can do to and further the conversation. And calling energy. and wanting to know how they can help, and that's the great news. Energy, energy. Absolutely. People want to feed people off have of that been energy. Out, yeah. Um, as we delivered uh, the testing in the community, mm-hmm. but also the PPEs, the faith leaders, mm-hmm. um, 
our public safety professionals. I mean, every resident have been out because people care mm-hmm. and concerned enough to come out and say, hey, let me assist. This our is DMs. our city. Yeah. Right. This is our community. Yeah. We want to help. And we want you to be as safe and healthy as possible. Yeah. Our DMs so. are wide open, blown open right now with people saying, I've got supplies. Where can I put them? I've got supplies. Send, tell me where to go with them. I've got this for, you know, somebody. Tell me where to go. Um, and it's like, you know, we will call people or ask people and they're like, oh, my gosh, we're like, you know, I don't have any else to put stuff. I don't know. Like, let me call somebody, you know, and it's like I, I just love that. I love that. That is that is the underlying vein of Richmond right now is it we is, have to been, wrap our arms around each other. And right that's now. been great to see. I, I get messages. Um, can you give me a call and let me know how I can be helpful mm-hmm. in any number of ways? I mean. That has been, we've stepped up for each other, mm-hmm. and we will uh, continue to, um, you know, do that and be representative of the motto, RVA Strong, together. Mm-hmm. That's it. I know you have to go soon, but I wanted to ask you real briefly, so we are still having remote meetings of city council. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And how long do you think that might continue? Well, you know, right now. Convening more than 10 people, you know, we are very vigilant and I'm very thankful that our mayor has been vigilant in following the guidelines and putting safety and well-being of staff and citizens first. Yes. Um, Until we get to a place where we could have a larger number Mm -hmm. be able to be present, I think we wouldn't, you know, look to. And I think we're about to open, we're about to go for businesses into phase two. Yeah, we the rest of the Commonwealth will tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I think pretty much everybody except us and maybe another mm-hmm. locality. But that second phase, I'm thinking probably is mm-hmm. more because then we're able to have you know, 50 people. So we still will have to do the social distancing, mm-hmm. those kind of things. But you know, we would, and so it, there hasn't been a hard and fast decision on that. And that'll be something I'll be certainly discussing with council. But it would not, you know. Safety first. Absolutely. And well-being of our citizens first. So even if it's not in that second, you know, we'll try, we will work to make the best decision for and on behalf of citizens to ensure their health and general and, well-being. And public comment is still happening. Public comment still happens. You yeah. reach out to the clerk, uh, call and yep, the by papers t- online. By 10 a.m. that morning. Yeah, yeah. thank yeah. you. Exactly. And you can you can even email in if you had a That's question correct. you can email too right yep Absolutely. so public comment still alive and well absolutely excellent Dr. Newbill thank you I, I just want to thank you for your commitment to just getting the word out to keeping the community informed and apprised of what's going on and how they can be involved and engaged um, so appreciative of that thank you Thank you. Thank you, too. Fran, you want to have that last word? We can. We can. Thank you, guys, listeners. We appreciate all of you. We send our love out to you. Virtual hugs, social distancing hugs, because we all need one right now. Big, big, strong. Masks and on. Masks. Yes. Our DMs on. are open if you need us. Yes. If you want to pass along information, yeah. whatever we can do, big, we'll strong try to help hugs out. And Tall, stiff drinks. Uh, I, never mind. Maybe not that. Well, for me, at my house, we have that. Cause I'm not going to deny you that, sweet pea. Yep, thank you. Okay, good. Because we need it. You do. But we definitely had some big news today. And 
happy about it. I'm happy to hear it. We'll see. Before we get too congratulatory, though, let's see action behind those words. Mm-hmm. I want to see what our governor does with these uh, these uh, monuments, and uh, let's see where that goes. But in the city, I'm, yeah, in the city, I'm I'm glad that you know we're we're. I, I hate. I hate. I hate that we had to get to this point to get here, but it took this to get here during the civil rights movement. We have a very short memory, and sometimes you got to get people to listen. I hate to say it, but y'all don't like to listen to the nice stuff. Sometimes you got to tear up. So now you believe us. I think John Lewis called that good trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe next time we won't have to call so much of it. Hopefully. Y'all take our advice. I'll listen next time. A little sooner. Through all of this, you know, hashtag COVID still happening. Flint still got dirty water. And I'm sure now a whole bunch of folk probably got it now because this is a mess. Ah, boy. Get you a mask because we need it. I don't even know what... I- Lord bless RPS. They fully funded, but this gonna be a mess. I don't even know what we're gonna do. They we're gonna need the full body of Christ to fix this. Bless here. this mess. Bless it. We're gonna need all the monies and all the everything to help these children because we looking at greater than a six month slide and all kinds of things. So we're gonna need all of those kinds of helps and hugs and communities to wrap us around these children's when it's time to go back to school. Whenever that may be. We don't know yet. So we're going to, that's going to be a whole thing. We can't even, funding is like not even the issue at the moment. How about that? Never thought I'd be at that point in my closing statements, huh? Hmm. It's a new day. It's a whole new, it's a whole new world. We in, we in brand new world right now. Our kids are important. They are. Yeah. All 24,000 of them. All of them. want to make sure they have the best possible opportunity. That's it. To be successful. So if they got to stay at home a little while longer so that they were healthy and their grandparents are healthy and their parents are healthy and the teachers are healthy and the janitors and everybody else, that's what it takes. That's what it takes. And sadly enough, as we've learned, Richmond and the rest of the world is still racist. But... We are definitely working on it. Talk to you next week. Sometimes I got a grip. Sometimes I'm about to slip. They try to sink this ship, but they can only rock this ship. Some want me in the hearse, but like Tupac said, I'm a bomb first before I drop dead. They found my name, go against the grain. Black president, the only thing to change. But they get the blame, now think about all the money. They go up in flame when people ride here bumming. Days are cloudy, summer sunny. You are listening to the story of Marcus David Peters' life and death at the hands of the Richmond Police Department and his family's fight for justice and reformation on RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania, right here on WRIRLP 97.3 FM, Richmond Independent Radio.
Chief Durham started off by saying that he wants to be very transparent with the family and with the community. However, what we've seen is that Chief Durham has done a great job painting a negative picture of my brother Marcus to betray him as a superhuman who was able to be hit by a car, get up from being hit by a vehicle, and then be tased with the full level of voltage intended to be delivered. However, Chief Durham, uh, uh, I believe it's Chief uh, James Leno, they both watched the video with my uncle and I in slow motion, and I stopped the uh, recording multiple times so that I could get a very clear view of what happened, what was being said. I asked him to slow it down multiple times, and I asked a ton of questions. And... Marcus was not hit by a vehicle. You know, I asked the listeners to just think about it for a second. A vehicle that's traveling over 70 miles, 65, 70 miles per hour on I-95, that's not expecting a human to jump in front of them, okay? If Marcus was hit by a vehicle moving at that rate, he would not have been able to get up. We didn't even see that level of damage to his body. Um, so he was swiped by the vehicle. He wasn't hit. The other uh, huge uh, misconception is that Marcus was tased with the full level of voltage and he was still able to advance towards the police officer. And uh, James Leno admitted to me that only one of the two electrodes from the taser penetrated Marcus's body as evident by the autopsy, um, and that's why the full circuit wasn't created and, and the taser didn't work. So when we talk about being transparent, he has to be honest and forthcoming with the, the, the information that he's putting out there to the community, to the public. Um, you know, sometimes silence is just as bad as lying, you know, because when the misinformation came out, you know, he never took the opportunity to pro provide any clarity. He rolled on that negative image of Marcus, you know, um, and, and it's unfortunate. It's not fair. It's not being transparent. Um yeah, even as far as the footage that he did release, you know, he went ahead and traced Marcus's car posted leaving the Jefferson Hotel. However, he didn't uh, show us Marcus's vehicle when he left from his teaching job at Essex uh, High School to go up to his house in Henrico and then from his house in Henrico to the Jefferson Hotel. That's very important because we will be able to see how Marcus was driving. You know, he was able to successfully get from those points without getting in any car accidents, without, um, you know, without being pulled over. I think another important fact for us to look at is that when Marcus did pull his car up to the, the Jefferson, he did just that. He pulled his car up and he parked. His car didn't go through the building. His car didn't go up on the sidewalk. He pulled it up in front of the Jefferson and he parked. Marcus was fully dressed when he walked into the Jefferson Hotel. Marcus walked in and he waved at someone. And then after that, the footage becomes very scattered. You see him coming in, he's appearing, then he's disappearing. And what we were told by Chief Durham is that the Jefferson Hotel, five-star hotel, did not have a, a video cameras in all of the areas. So there's major, major gaps. You know, there's a lot of unanswered questions as far as what happened in the Jefferson. Yeah. And may, may I also state that, you know, one of our questions, and when we still stand on transparency, is, you know, I'm a logical person. Two plus two needs to equal four to me. Um, Marcus was not a guest at that hotel. Marcus was an employee. So a couple of other important questions. Why did it take over two hours for the post Marcus leaving for the Jefferson to contact the police, as we were told? The other question is, is why did the Jefferson never call any of his emergency contacts? 
as again, he was an employee there. He wasn't just a, a, a customer. He was an employee. So why why weren't his emergency contacts called and said, hey, you know, Mark, that's that's part of the reason why you have emergency contacts. You know, for you know, if a if an employee is in in a medical or or a, a situation that may um, need intervention or, or need somebody else to be called, that that happens, and it didn't. that were stated during the marches that Richmond Police Department publicly released their crisis intervention training and its effectiveness um, be thoroughly assessed. Uh, another demand is the creation of a markets alert to call on mental health professionals to respond when community members are clearly in crisis. As Chief Durham clearly stated that 40 hours is not enough and he went on to state how long it would take for his officers to become a psychologist, which we don't expect. But what we do expect is, especially because Chief Durham uh, clearly acknowledged that his, his men are not equipped, that they are not the proper people to respond. And so what should happen is Chief Durham, Mayor Stoney should support the family and community in helping to put together a market alert um, and, and, and to assess the current um, crisis intervention uh, plan that's in place and training and to uh, go ahead and create a crisis intervention a team so that proper people who are trained are the ones that are responding with non-lethal forces instead of police officers. Another demand is a sincere apology from Chief uh, Alfred uh, Durham um, for the preventable death of my brother Marcus David Peters. Um, another one of ours is that uh, we put together a democratically elected civilian re review board that has subpoena power. Um, Chief uh, Durham and Mayor Stoney attend a community meeting held by the community for the community to discuss Richmond Police Department's policies, procedures, and accountability. Um, it, it is disappointing that Mayor Stoney hasn't stepped up either, you know, to, to address this. You know, I'm a strong believer in that when you're wrong, when you mess up, you acknowledge it, and we work forward to try to make sure that that doesn't happen again. Um, and, and our last one is that we're also demanding a statement from the Jefferson Hotel explaining, as I stated earlier, why they did not take immediate action. The sound you hear in the background of the next clip is rain, a torrential downpour, which hundreds of Richmonders marched through to let the Richmond Police Department know that Marcus did not die in vain. All right, we're gonna ask uh, Sister Keandra, Marcus's cousin, to come forth and read a letter from the family. I'm reading this letter on behalf of my Uncle Jeff, who wrote this from his heart. Officer Michael Nyantaki, when did you plan on serving and protecting my nephew, Marcus David Peters? Is it when you quickly realized that he was having a mental health emergency? Or was it when he was running away from you, unarmed, naked, alone, scared, and confused? running towards oncoming traffic. When did you plan on serving and protecting Marcus David Peters? Was it in the moment when you hastily made the decision to arm yourself with the tools you intended to use? 
Was it when you failed to properly use a taser that you were equipped with that apparently didn't deploy and connect? When did you plan on serving and protecting Marcus David Peter? Was it when you fatally shot him in his abdomen, not once, but twice? Or was it when he laid on the cold, hard ground, bleeding out and plunging to life? Perhaps it was when you uttered the words, don't bring your taser, but firearm, just in case we need more deadly force. Was it in that moment that you planned on serving and protecting Marcus David Peters, an unarmed, naked, can rifle citizen, in dire need of mental health crisis intervention, when there were seven officers at the scene? Was it your intention to serve and protect Marcus David Peters when you stood back and watched as your fellow officers tried to direct my son, my nephew, our brother, our cousin, our community member, to turn over when he was not oriented? to time nor place, or was it when they dragged him away from the brush like a dead carcass to further dehumanize and victimize him? I think I finally figured it out. Your primary concern was geared towards serving and protecting yourself, Officer Michael Nyantaki, and not my nephew, Marcus David Peters. This community does not need the so-called serving and protecting that you rendered as it will most certainly lead to the same fate that my nephew, Marcus David Lamar Peters, endured that untimely led to his untimely death. Marcus's death will not be in vain. Moving forward, we need accountability from the Richmond Police Department, as well as other law enforcement entities. Reform and modification of policies and training use of deadly force to include proper knowledge on succession of tools, utilize one's recognition of a mental health crisis is acknowledged and established as it, was, as it was in the case of my nephew, Marcus David Lamar Peters. Having an alert system put in place when there is awareness of a person or an individual with a mental health crisis and mental incapacity of varying degrees to not only preserve and save the life of the individual, but other humans that have that may come in contact with as who he may come in contact with as well. My nephew, as it appears, and other entities have been hurt, brutalized, and victimized. Richmond Police Department, you need to renew and rethink your policies and practice. Yeah. At this very at this very moment, because death that that excuse me, that death derives from deadly force and a mental price should never be an option if the victim is unarmed or posing no immediate and direct threat to safety and well-being of the public. Thank you. Officer Michael Nyantaki, because of you, Marcus David Peters, my nephew, his blood, is on your hands. He is not help. Excuse me. He is not here. He needed help, not death. Gracious God, we thank you for allowing us to gather here with all of this energy. With all, of this, with all of this power, with all of this love, we come here, dear God, for our brother, Marcus David Peters. 
We come here because Marcus needed help and not death. We come here to embrace this family who has taken it upon themselves to march on behalf of their brother, on behalf of their son, on behalf of their cousin, on behalf of their friend. Not just for him, but so that everyone who comes after him will be protected. Dear God, we come right now, dear God, embracing them, loving them, helping them to understand that there is a community here in Richmond who will love on them enough, who will show them how to move forward in this, in this march, to move forward in this act of justice, who will help them along the way, who will point them in the di direction that they need to be pointed in, in order to, to have legislation change in order to have the right people put in places so that this doesn't have to happen to another black brother, to another black sister, or to anyone who is having a mental health crisis. Yeah. We come right now knowing that you have the power to pull all of this together. You have the power to put the right folk in places. You have the power to give us the understanding that we need to do something. We need to act and not be silent. You have the power to help us call out all of those who are complicit in this matter. Not just the police department, not just the city of Richmond, but everyone in this community who decided not to show up because they could not determine whether or not this was an act of injustice. You have the power to help us to call them out, to help us to bring them to the forefront so they, they will see that anyone who is having a mental health crisis deserves help. We're doing all of this, dear God, trusting in you, the one who has the power to cause the sun to rise and the moon to fall, the one who has to call, who want, the one that has the power to bring justice to injustice matters. Amen. We pray all of this in love, in spirit, and in power. Amen. Amen. For years now, we've watched the news story after story, black body after body, laid in the streets at the hands of law enforcement, unarmed, and we get angry, we tweet, we talk, and we hashtag, and we say, we're so glad it's not our brother or our son or our father or our mother or our sister. Not here, we say. Not in our city. Yet here we are, again. But this time it's in your front yard. How many hashtags do we need? How many lives have to be lost? How many black bodies have to be deprived of justice before we do something? Anything. Marcus could be and is your brother, son, nephew, cousin, friend, and neighbor. Be mad. Do something. Don't wait for another hashtag, another Marcus, another Alton, another Michael, or another Sandra to become the next newscast. We need action, and we need it now. If mothers don't get it, shake it! I want to first start off by thanking the community. Um, I, I, I know for sure I didn't know uh, the quantity uh, of people that came out to support uh, my family and I to fight for justice and reformation until I actually uh, came home and saw some of the pictures. It was it was breathtaking, um, and so I, I truly appreciate 
um, the community support. And I and I say to the community, please do not lose momentum. You know, we're just starting this fight, and it's not just for Marcus. You know, we're fighting for justice for Marcus, but we're fighting for reformation to prevent this from happening to anyone else. And, and this is what I say. It fell on my family's doorstep this time. But if you sit silent and do nothing, it may be your family's doorstep that it falls on next time. And so um, what we encourage people to do is on June 11th at 6 o'clock um, to come out and let's, let's, let's flood city, the city council meeting. You know, let's show them that we are still not going to back down, that our voices are going to be heard, and that there's some account, major accountability that needs to take place and changes so that this doesn't happen again. So, again, June 11th at 6 o'clock, 900 East Broad Street, to attend the city council meeting so that we can continue to move forward. If you are, are looking to continue to work with us, which, again, we appreciate the, the support from the community, um, I would like an opportunity to um, provide you with a couple of things, um, one of them being our email address, and then the other being um, our GoFundMe for anyone that is able to help to support us so that we can continue to fight for justice and reformation. So please feel free to contact us at justiceformarcuspeters at gmail.com. Again, that's justiceformarcuspeters at gmail.com. Um, and if you're able to make any donation, um, you can make that through our GoFundMe account, and you can find that by typing in Marcus Peters. Again, I thank everyone that came out yesterday and showed their support. It was breathtaking, and my family and I truly appreciate each and every person that came out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are here. Now let us join together in unity in the movement song. I ain't gonna let nobody turn me around, turn me around, turn me around. Ain't gonna let nobody turn me around. I'm gonna keep on walking, keep on talking, marching up to freedom land. Ain't gonna let listening to RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania, recorded at the studios of WRIRLP 97.3 FM, Richmond. We're going to close out today's show with the voices of the people.